A whistleblower exposes Facebook on 60 Minutes. Nurses are seen burning their scrubs to protest the vaccine terminations, and Fauci tries to cancel Christmas. I'm William Hall, and this is The William Hall Show. All right, welcome back to the show. So to start things off, we have quite an interesting story. So this is all about this neighborhood that's in Georgia. It is a predominantly black neighborhood from my understanding of the reports here. And there was a lot of these reports that people were putting in, following it with the police department and on the news and other places, basically saying that they were receiving these letters from alleged uh, KKK members, or at least from this specific KKK member that apparently lived very close to them and I guess these letters were threatening them and all of these other activities and things like that. So, so the actual report here uh, says that last December, residents um, of this neighborhood, this is in uh, Douglasville, Georgia, began receiving racially charged notes from a person claiming to be a white man and a member of the Ku Klux uh, Klan. So in the notes, the sender was described as a six foot tall white male with a long red beard who lived outside the neighborhood. The notes included threats to burn down the homes and kill the black residents. So all of these, these letters were taking place and I guess they were sticking them in these people's mailboxes and they're trying to figure out what's going on. And all of this basically started to kind of come to a head here very recently when they found out that this entire situation was all perpetrated by guess what? I, I mean, tr seriously, try to guess who do you think was actually behind all of these racist letters from the KKK? Turns out it was a black woman. You heard that right. Another situation where there's a where this whole uh, race type baiting situation is really just a big hoax perpetrated by none other than the same race of people that they're sending these letters to in the first place. I, I mean, many of you probably remember uh, Jussie Smollett, uh, Bubba Wallace with NASCAR, the whole thing with the news in the locker, and and the Chicago situation with Jussie Smollett lying about being being this is MAGA country and everything. This is another situation that's very, very similar to this. Of course, it's not making national news, obviously, but it is very interesting. So the actual uh, detectives that were in this, involved in this, this, this entire situation had determined that the, and the lady's name, by the way, is uh, Teresa Lucas, 30 years old, black female, was behind all of the letters. Apparently, they found this out because they, I guess, had some type of, uh, some of the houses actually had security surveillance, and they were able to see her sticking them in the mailboxes, and then they went to her home uh, once they got a search warrant and saw that she had all of the evidence that led and linked her to these letters as well. So not a surprise there. I mean, it, this is a pretty much done deal. They know exactly who it is. There's no mistaking this whatsoever for the detectives involved in that. And and the, and the fact is what surprised me the most about all of this is that you have Democrats that will still tell you that America is racist, that this country is the worst place that you could possibly be in the world, but yet when you look around at the actual things that are taking place in this country, the only hate crimes are ones that are literally a hoax. They're ones that are uh, that aren't a hate crime at all. And in many situations, you see people literally faking them just to play the victim. So 
it's crazy that we have the situation going on right now. I mean, America, a company that's so racist that you have black people literally trying to create racism where there is none. There isn't any. Now, of course, the obvious question that everybody would be asking, I know I was asking myself this, is why exactly would a black woman do this? Why in the world would she go out of her way to write these letters uh, addressing herself as a white male? I mean, what goes through somebody's mind to make them effectively do this? And really what I think that it is is that people right now want to play the victim. That's the way this has always been. It's no different. It's it's a situation when you've been raised all of these years and, and you've seen the state of politics over the past four or five years. And, and it goes further back than that, of course. But when you see the way that politics have been over the past few years and they are led and lied to to believe that this country is so racist, that racism is all around them. But the problem is, is that they're not seeing racism. <laughs> I, I mean, let's be honest here. They're not seeing it. It's not around them. There aren't any KKK members waltzing around in the streets. And the ones that are out there are too scared to rear their heads because everybody's going to demonize them in society. But what the, the fact is that these people aren't encountering any of this. So their only option that they have is to make it up, to basically cause something to take place, to effectively try to make everybody the victim that is black. But the only problem, of course, is that they're being stupid about it. They got caught. And we all realized that it was an entire hoax the entire time. So I'm not surprised by this, but it really is one of those situations where I look at what the Democrats are saying versus what they're doing. I mean, I mean, if there's really all of these situations of how racist America is, please show it to me. I'd, I'd love to see it because it isn't there. It just isn't there. And, and not only Democrats, but just the Hollywood elites as well are also in agreement with the Democrats, of course. They think of this in the same light because... If you remember, I played a trailer on the show not too long ago from the movie Karen, if you remember that. And that was a uh, this whole movie set up by BET, I think it was, to basically try to make this uh, scenario where you have this black couple or family or whatever. They move into this predominantly white neighborhood, and then all of a sudden there's this Karen, this white lady that just doesn't like them being there. She must be racist. And, you know, they stir this whole thing up. And of course, the movie is absolutely terrible from what you can just see in the trailer by itself. But you, you have that situation where they're trying to make this seem as if this is America, where there, there's a possible scenario of this of a black person moving into a neighborhood that's predominantly white and then being demonized or treated in a bad way because of that reason, regardless of whether they have the money to live there or not. And, and that's ridiculous because what we're seeing here, it, the more accurate depiction of that is really where the black woman is the one that's being racist towards the black people. That's it, actually trying to stir up racial issues in the neighborhood. That's what it seems like to me. It, it, you know, you always have this, this dichotomy between what Hollywood thinks, what, what the elites and the Democrats think is, a, is reality, but it's not reality. It's their fantasy. It's their fantasy world that doesn't exist. But for us that are looking at the actual facts that are out there, it's you don't have to look very far to see that that's not what the reality is. The reality is that there's a ton of hoaxes going on all the time, and, and you just can't point to a valid hate crime. You just can't do it, because there aren't any really taking place. They want them to so bad that they literally have to go out of their way to make it happen. That should worry everybody, because this is wor just bothersome in general. But it's... Just another one that goes stacking on top of everything. There was actually another one I vaguely remember in New York as well, where a lady, um, it was a black lady, 
she was in her apartment and she was uh, trying to post this. And she didn't, I don't think she reported anything to the police, obviously. She wasn't that dumb. But she was posting online these letters saying, oh, look at these letters I got from my my neighbors complaining that I play my music too loud and I talk too loud or blah, blah, blah. And and literally had them using the N-word and and you just all, all of these different slurs and everything and, and, and just terrible language towards this lady. And, and come to find out, I mean, honestly, anybody that was actually paying attention would realize that if there was actually somebody that was legitimately racist that lived next to her, they wouldn't write a letter like that. Like, it wouldn't make sense. But see, anybody that was paying attention could tell that that wasn't real, but it turned out that it wasn't real at all. I mean, nobody believed what she was saying because it was just to set up perfectly for that. So you have another situation very similar to this where a lady basically types up her own letter, pretends that it's her neighbor that wrote it, and pretends that they're racist, and then puts it online to play the victim card. Except nobody's falling for it. That's the difference. You've seen this over and over again, and it's really perplexing, to be honest with you. So many of you have heard about this a few days ago, but Facebook just got exposed in a pretty big way Again, really, because this this isn't the first time this has happened. Um, on 60 Minutes, this was an interview with a lady that used to work at Facebook, working on moderation. Now, this is not Project Veritas. This is not some kind of uh, person that's actually fighting for free speech. Um, you can check it out and let me know what you think. The thing I saw at Facebook over and over again was there were conflicts of interest between what was good for the public and what was good for Facebook. And Facebook over and over again chose to optimize for its own interests, like making more money. Frances Haugen is 37, a data scientist from Iowa, with a degree in computer engineering and a Harvard master's degree in business. For 15 years, she's worked for companies including Google and Pinterest. I've seen a bunch of social networks, and it was substantially worse at Facebook than anything I'd seen before. You know, someone else might have just quit and moved on. And I wonder why you take this stand. Imagine you know what's going on inside of Facebook and you know no one on the outside knows. I knew what my future looked like if I continued to stay inside of Facebook, which is person after person after person has tackled this inside of Facebook and ground themselves to the ground. When and how did it occur to you to take all of these documents out of the company? At some point in 2021, I realized, okay, I'm gonna have to do this in a systemic way, and I have to get out enough that no one can question that this is real. She secretly copied tens of thousands of pages of Facebook internal research. She says evidence shows that the company is lying to the public about making significant progress against hate, violence, and misinformation. One study she found from this year says, we estimate that we may action as little as three to five percent of hate and about six-tenths of one percent of violence and incitement on Facebook, despite being the best in the world at it. To quote from another one of the documents you brought out, we have evidence from a variety of sources that hate speech, divisive political speech, and misinformation on Facebook and the family of apps are affecting societies around the world. When we live in an information environment that is full of angry, hateful, polarizing content, it erodes our civic trust, it erodes our faith in each other, it erodes our ability to want to care for each other. The version of Facebook that exists today 
is tearing our societies apart and causing ethnic violence around the world. Ethnic violence, including Myanmar in 2018, when the military used Facebook to launch a genocide. Uh, the first quarter of 2019. Frances Haugen told us she was recruited by Facebook in 2019. She says she agreed to take the job only if she could work against misinformation because she had lost a friend to online conspiracy theories. I never wanted anyone to feel the pain that I had felt. And I had seen how high the stakes were in terms of making sure there was high quality information on Facebook. At headquarters, she was assigned to Civic Integrity, which worked on risks to elections, including misinformation. But after this past election, there was a turning point. They told us, we're dissolving civic integrity. Like, they basically said, oh, good, we, we made it through the election. There wasn't riots. We can get rid of civic integrity now. Fast forward a couple of months, we got the insurrection. And when they got rid of civic integrity, it was the moment where I was like, I don't trust that they're willing to actually invest what needs to be invested to keep Facebook from being dangerous. Facebook says the work of civic integrity was distributed to other units. Haugen told us the root of Facebook's problem is in a change that it made in 2018 to its algorithms, the programming that decides what you see on your Facebook newsfeed. So, you know, you have your phone. You might see only 100 pieces of content if you sit and scroll off for, you know, five minutes. But Facebook has thousands of options it could show you. The algorithm picks from those options based on the kind of content you've engaged with the most in the past. And one of the consequences of how Facebook is picking out that content today is it is optimizing for content that gets engagement or reaction. But its own research is showing that content that is hateful, that is divisive, that is polarizing, it's easier to inspire people to anger than it is to other emotions. Misinformation, angry content yeah. is enticing to people and keep, enticing. keeps them on the platform. Yes. Facebook has realized that if they change the algorithm to be safer, people will spend less time on the site, they'll click on less ads, they'll make less money. Haugen says Facebook understood the danger to the 2020 election so it turned on safety systems to reduce misinformation. But many of those changes, she says, were temporary. And as soon as the election was over, they turned them back off, or they changed the settings back to what they were before to prioritize growth over safety. And that really feels like a betrayal of democracy to me. Now, that to me does not sound like somebody, like I mentioned, that is standing for free speech. If you're really paying attention to the speech patterns here, what she's talking about, this is not somebody that's on a conservative side um, that wants for Facebook to stop moderating. She's actually wanting for Facebook to do more moderation. Let's be clear about that. This is an, a, kind of an expose of Facebook in a way, yes, in, in that she's complaining about it. She's exposing them for kind of being uh, obviously politically charged in certain situations and not in others. But she's no friend of ours. Let's be honest here. She is absolutely advocating for Facebook to clamp down and do more than what they've done before. Obviously, she even said that, you know, basically before what was actually the election, even when they were doing a lot of moderation, then she was obviously, you could tell, kind of leaning towards wanting more moderation. Like, this is the bare minimum, kind of. But that's what's going on in this whole clip here. Now, the thing is, 
is that Project Veritas actually showed another whistleblower a few months ago, earlier this year, talking about Facebook as well and, and how they rate different types of information using the uh, vaccine hesitancy score and using all of that to determine whether posts should be sh sh uh, should show up or should sh be shadow banned. All of that was there. And that guy didn't get any kind of interview with 60 Minutes or anyone else. I wonder why, right? The reason why is because he was actually trying to expose what they were doing with the vaccine, what they were doing with the medical information. That's what he was trying to do. So they weren't going to give him the time of day. So they're giving this lady the time of day. Just keep in mind that it's been cleared by the Hollywood elites. So really all that she's trying to do is basically say, be better, Facebook, right? You know, and, and, and moderate more is effectively what she's trying to go for. Now, she mentions in this video clip a lot of times. She keeps saying misinformation, misinformation. Keep in mind, misinformation is entirely subjective. The problem that people have oftentimes with everything is that terms like misinformation are going to depend on who you are and what you specifically believe. And the problem that you wind up in is that one site might say, well, this person did say this, while another one says something entirely different. For example, look at the fact-checking sites, right? They oftentimes have so many different ways of saying, well, it's missing context. Like, there used to be a day when fact-check sites used to say, you know what, something's true, and this is false. And that was the end of it. Now you have them with, like, several levels in between. Mostly true, mostly false, mostly this, mixed, missing context. You see this all the time. It's like, guys, like, the point is is that what they're trying to do when they're doing that is that they're adding in their own biases and pretending as if it's somehow fact-checking it. It's not. So, for example, right now, YouTube, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously suspended on YouTube. If you have been or are subscribed to me on YouTube, then you probably have not seen any videos there because um, I haven't been able to post for the next few or a couple of weeks. So, if you're looking for my videos, go to Rumble, go to Gab TV. they're there. But the point is that there's... Uh, right now, if I quote, or if anybody on YouTube quotes the director of the CDC, the director of the CDC, they will actually take that video down. They will give you a hard strike for that. The reason why is because the director of the CDC has said many different things. Like Just recently, she said that the vaccines do not stop transmission of COVID. Now, she said that then, but I guarantee you, YouTube will still keep people from being able to say that she said that. Or to play a clip of her saying that. Because what they'll say is, well, it's missing context, right? Or well, what she what she's really saying is you should still get the vaccine, right? You, you see what I'm getting at. They're, they're going to try to misconstrue different types of information to say that it's not correct. Or that there's, there's something that we could add to it. You see this all the time on uh, Twitter. When Trump was on Twitter still... And he would post something out about something random or whatever. You would have Twitter basically literally fact check it, but just adding in a liberal source on the bottom of it. And then saying, well, we just wanted to give context, guys. We just wanted to give context. Well, you didn't give context to Joe Biden when he lied or Kamala Harris when she lies on Twitter. You're not seeing any context with any of those. That's why it was a lie. It's not the, the whole idea of misinformation is, is a bias. It's asking for things to be biased. And this lady is basically championing for that in this situation. She also talks about hate speech, which, once again, does not exist. Why? Many people think about this, and, and they're like, you know what, I, I don't have a problem, okay, you know, maybe people shouldn't be allowed to me or shouldn't be saying certain things. It, it's easy to think that. But the problem is, is that hate speech 
is once again like misinformation. Anything that they deem to be offensive to anybody. So that could be that you just pointing out the fact that somebody should lose weight, you pointing out the fact of of just just saying and acknowledging that somebody is a certain race or whatever it is, or asking where someone's from is another one, right? I mean, a lot of people are like, how dare you ask me where I'm from, where I'm really from? Like, people are that crazy right now. They're, they're getting offended over that, and they're considering that as hate speech. So this all of this stuff is subjective. Language changes. It doesn't stay the same. It always shifts and moves, and that's why we need to stick to the definition of free speech in the Constitution and not be worried about trying to mold different rules around the flavor of the month in society because that's going to constantly change. The arguments of today are going to be the arguments of tomorrow. But this lady that's talking on here about Facebook, it's easy to watch that video and just be like, yeah, something that's anti-Facebook. But keep in mind, if she got her way, Facebook would be 10 times worse than what it is right now. I promise you. She wouldn't want anything on there that goes against what she believes is correct. So this is not a conservative. This is not somebody that's fighting for free speech. They are absolutely somebody that's wanting Facebook to basically do more than what they're already doing, which is too much as it is. But it's not just Facebook. We have to also look at Twitter as well, because they are ultimately responsible for this exact same issue, this misleading information. And it being entirely subjective to the platform, who's looking at it and what they choose to do. Well, there was this woman that actually died because of the vaccine. It was a vaccine-induced death. It was proven by the doctor. Everything's in there that people need to know. And uh, her name was Jessica Berg Wilson. She was 37 years old. They're saying she had no underlying health conditions. Dies pretty much immediately after getting the vaccine. And they posted the obituary online. And Twitter, actually, when they shared it out, put on underneath the post that it was misleading information. That label was on their obituary post. If, if, if people are thinking for some reason that Twitter cares about their, uh, I, I don't know, any anything about the truth, that's not the case. They don't know this woman. They don't know the doctor's reports. They have no idea about it, but they see something that is opposing the vaccine and immediately they just are automatically already putting something on there that's saying that that's not true. Look at something else. Look at the, look at what we want you to see. They don't know this lady at all. Twitter's or sorry, Twitter is not a medical expert. They're not. They have no idea what they're talking about and dealing with with these situations. Nor are the independent fact checkers that they like to point to all the time. Same thing goes for Facebook as well. So Twitter. You, 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 they're in the situation where they're always trying to clamp down and tell people what they need to be thinking, what they need to be doing. It never is a good idea. It does not work. And how many deaths, how many people died, I want to know, as a result of Twitter, Facebook, all of big tech trying to censor certain types of information that they don't want out there. Simply because they wouldn't allow people to talk about alternative treatments. They wouldn't allow people to actually converse about what was going on. How many people died as a result of that? I'd love to know. But that's a number that we're not exactly going to have. But we know that there's people out there that have. Because they believed what Facebook and Twitter were telling them. Meanwhile, they can't even keep their sites up online right now. Uh, actually, and by the time you're probably listening to this, maybe they'll be back up online. But Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, and a ton of other um, applications are actually down right now. The, the sites are completely offline. They've, they've been that way for more than an hour already. And we're, we have to wonder what in the world took place, guys. I mean, why is your site not working? 
Now, I don't know exactly who specifically is behind this, but I mean, obviously all of these companies are in kind of cahoots together on who they use uh, for their internet servers and whatnot. So when one goes down, the dominoes fall for like everybody. So that's what is going on right this second. So as far as the virus and what's going on with that, last year, one of the most memorable situations was when you had the CDC and everybody else, these different cities in Chicago specifically, if you remember that, where they were telling everybody what you could do, what you couldn't do, what events you should go to, which events you shouldn't go to. Well, Fauci is out there running his mouth again, and he's saying, at least in this newest clip here, that he's unsure if we should be able to celebrate Christmas or not. But we can gather for Christmas or it's just too soon to tell? You know, Margaret, we, it's just too soon to tell. We've just got to concentrating on continuing to get those numbers down and not try yeah. to jump ahead by weeks or months and say what we're going to do at a particular time. So, yeah, another poor attempt at trying to tell people what they can do, what they shouldn't be able to do. I'm not no one that's smart is going to be falling for this anymore. I'm not doing it. I'm not falling for this. I did the first time, but I'm definitely not going to now. And I hope nobody does, because I hope by this time people have woken up and realized that this stuff isn't worth trying to listen to Fauci, trying to listen to the CDC. It's not worth your time. Because while he's mentioning this, and the reason why I'm pointing out that this is a recent clip is because I have the recent numbers. I have the recent actual numbers and data here about COVID cases, hospitalizations, in, these, in a few different states to kind of show you why we shouldn't be paying attention to what Fauci's saying here. So these are some of the stats from Florida, Texas, Hawaii, Georgia, okay? All of which are seeing a, sh a sharp downtrend in COVID hospitalizations since their peaks were around in August um, and uh, beginning of September. So um, Florida dropped 65%, Texas dropped 40%, Hawaii dropped 62%, and Georgia dropped 41%. Yet they're telling us well, I'm, it's a, we're unsure. We'll have to kind of wait and see. Well, no, we're not going to wait and see. This is ridiculous. Now, a, a number of states also have seen a sharp uh, decrease in the seven-day moving average deaths as well since they hit peaks in uh, late August already. Louisiana, down 53%. Mississippi, down 59%. Florida, down 95%. These numbers are drastically dropping, but they're telling us that he's unsure about Christmas. I'm not falling for, the, for that stuff, and I hope no one does either. I hope the church doesn't fall for that. Nobody should be falling for this stuff, because at the end of the day, these people are not able to tell you what you should be doing and what you can't do. We have freedom in this country for now, and as long as we do, we need to be able to exercise that. And the fact that, that he's even exercising the thought of even telling you that you may not want to do Christmas, when the Obamas literally just had his big birthday bash, you remember I reported on that like crazy, where... If they were actually responsible for infecting several people, by the way, with COVID, okay, so that didn't have COVID, all the all the waiting staff that they had were required to wear a mask, but nobody at the party was. And I don't care about what the what the uh, liberals are saying about them all being vaccinated. It doesn't matter because they're telling all of us it doesn't matter whether you're vaccinated or not. You need to wear a mask. So you you have the Obamas doing that, and what did Fauci have to say to that? Oh, oh, nothing. Of course he didn't. Why would Fauci? actually comment on the hypocrisy of the Democrats. So I really don't care when it comes down to this. I mean, it's just another excuse, another way for them to try to suppress a Christian holiday. It isn't going to work. I, I, I know that it's not. 
People are tired of this. They want to see their families. They want to do what they want to do. And you're not going to be able to have him tell people what to do and actually have people listen to it and legitimately believe and actually do what they're going to do. But once again, I don't know what's worse. It it, it, it could be the fact that maybe he's just telling people that, that, that they should do this or, or the fact that there's going to be maybe some people that do listen to him. But I don't think that's going to be really the case anymore. I think too many people are starting to realize what's going on and starting to wake up to all of this. It's not up to the government to tell you whether you can celebrate Christmas or not. It, it just isn't. And we have to keep that in mind. It's just not in their purview for, for them to be able to do that. But, you know, while the world, or while we, are actually focused on the facts about Fauci, the world and Hollywood are trying to actually spin him as the hero. I, I kid you not. This is this is absolutely real. I thought it was a joke. I thought it was some kind of SNL skit. It's absolutely real, I promise you. They have a trailer for a documentary that they're going to be doing on Fauci that is trying to literally paint him as the the world's biggest hero for whatever reason. Here it is. When I think about my dad growing up, I certainly think about that seriousness. But very few people get to see. (laughs) He's funny, weird, and really playful. God help us. In 1981, HIV-AIDS was evolving rapidly and frighteningly. There was anger at the government's response. When you got sick, you were gone fast. It's affecting you now. Yeah. Why? Post-traumatic stress syndrome. When COVID hit, he became this target. My dad said, we're going to get through this whole thing. And he's held back. You don't do it because you want to make money. You don't do it for the glory. You do it because you care. When you're involved in a race to stop a horrible disease, you always feel you're not doing things quickly enough. All right, so this video clip that's <laughs> that's there, that trailer, has 7,000 likes on YouTube. And the dislikes are 70,000. 70,000 dislikes to 7,000 likes, and we're going to pretend as if the silent majority is nowhere to be found. Yeah, no. Listen, nobody likes this guy. I mean, it couldn't... I mean, this is one of the biggest ratios I've seen on dislikes to likes in a long, long time. Everyone is tired of this guy. Nobody wants to listen to this guy, and it doesn't matter how much National Geographic and Disney want to push him out there as the hero, as the victim. It doesn't matter. You can put as much emotional music you want to that trailer, and you can pretend as if it's all the best thing ever and hearing from his daughter and all of this stuff. It does not matter to the people because this guy has flipped and flopped like crazy. And you know one major part that you know for a fact they're going to leave out of this documentary? It's about him possibly funding the same lab that the coronavirus originated from it's been out there for a long time through the gain of function research ron paul has been talking about it it's all over the news we have documentation showing it from the nih so i guarantee you they're not going to have that in the documentary are they because it's all about trying to paint him in a certain light and that's what is ridiculous about this stuff I hope nobody's actually planning on watching this and enjoying it because it's absolutely insane. And obviously, based off of that like to dislike ratio, it's very obvious nobody wants to hear about any of this stuff. It's just crazy when I think about, um, you know, really two years ago now, and and you think about the fact that we started off with 15 days to flatten the curve, and now, or and then it kind of transitioned into taking a booster shot every five to six months, and now we're 
still living our lives, at least being told to wear masks 24-7. That's crazy. I'm, I'm glad that I'm living in Florida so I don't have to deal with some of the oppression that these other states are actually dealing with right now, especially other countries. I mean, this very well could be Australia, Canada, where pastors are getting literally arrested for having a church service. So where Fauci is suggesting that many of these countries are going to straight up arrest you and your church members and your pastor and everybody for having a, a service on Christmas. It very well could happen. They don't have freedom there. We do. That's why we need to actually keep it. Um, so as far as that's concerned, too, you also have nurses that are coming out against the vaccine mandate, specifically in their profession and because they're firing a lot of these people. And of course, I've covered a lot of this on the last episode, but there's actually a new clip that emerged here from a few nurses or actually, not even a few. I mean, it's actually a big crowd of nurses, as you can see in this video here, that are actually burning their scrubs to protest these uh, vaccine mandates. And he always says This is us saying we've had enough and we have to do a little bit more. We'll up it each time. They hit us harder, we hit them harder. We let them know that we're for real. now this is extremely telling because it's happening all over the country this isn't just an isolated incident where you have nurses literally having a kind of a scrub bonfire. Um, it's not just happening there. It's happening all over the country. People are beginning to finally wake up to what's actually taking place. It's just, once again, it's crazy how you have nurses starting off as the heroes, the best people out there. The, the If you remember the essential workers, I mean, uh, a couple of years ago, that was the big deal, right? Everybody wanted to be an essential worker, and now they're non-essential. No one cares what's going on with them whatsoever. So I'd love to hear what the Democrats have to say about this at this point where, you know, they're telling us on one hand, well, there's all these hospitalizations because they, of course, want the virus to seem as bad as possible, right? So they say, oh, the hospitals are overwhelmed. They need help. And oh my goodness, it's the worst thing ever. But oh, wait, you're firing nurses because they didn't get the vaccine. Wait, I'm, I'm confused. And, and, and if you ask anybody, I think if you did like a national survey and legitimately ask people, would you rather have a... Or if this was a life and death situation and you had the choice between, say, a, you know, a, a, a unvaccinated doctor and, and maybe a, a vaccinated doctor, which one are you going to choose if they say that vaccinated doctor is terrible at what they do or something, right? You're going to go with the unvaccinated person every single time. You want the professional that knows what they're doing regardless of what's happening. And, and that is where you have to draw the line at some point. You do. And, and you're seeing left when people just be unable to answer that question because they don't have an answer for this. There's no reason why this should be happening whatsoever. And they clearly don't care at all. So on a little bit of a, of a kind of a downturn of news here, Ron DeSantis, his uh, wife, Casey DeSantis, this just came out today, has been diagnosed with breast cancer. And so they put out a statement on this and, and uh, he said, I'm saddened to report that uh, the uh, Florida's esteemed first lady and beloved wife, 
has been diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, as the mother of three young children, Casey is the centerpiece of our, of our family and has made an impact on our lives and countless Floridians um, through her initiatives as First Lady. Now, of course, this is obviously sad news and we're going to be praying for them as well as they go through that. But you have to, of course, look at Twitter for maybe two seconds to kind of find out that Democrats are evil and heartless, many of them, not all of them, of course, but you have several kind of key tweets here that I just didn't have to even really dig that deep to find. Uh, first one here saying, I heard Casey DeSantis has breast cancer. I hope the good Lord uh, uh, karma takes over. I mean, come on, guys. This is ridiculous. Uh, another one here, Casey DeSantis has breast cancer. It's almost as if karma said hi. Once again, these these people are basically spurring this on, uh, encouraging it, enjoying it, reveling in it. And we're supposed to pretend as if these people are not pure evil for doing so. It doesn't matter who it is, whether you like the person or not. You shouldn't be wishing somebody's death on anyone. But look at how fast they're willing to go immediately to that. Just absolutely terrible behavior from the Democrats. I'm not surprised. I mean, all you had to do was just go on Twitter and look for it. I mean, they had Death Santis tweeting for or uh, trending for so long, trying to get that out in and on Twitter all the time, over and over and over again. They can't get enough of this. They, they just can't. So... We'll be praying for them, uh, keeping them in their prayers, and hopefully, hoping that they get through that. My uh, mom also had breast cancer as well, so it's just one of those things that you have to kind of just keep praying for, and, and we'll go from there, and I'll make sure to keep you guys updated on that if they put out any more updates about it, of course. Um, but just to end everything off for this show, this episode's TikTok liberal is a uh, lady that actually refuses to go to lunch with a Trump supporter. I find it outstanding that my friend thinks I want to go to lunch with my other friend who is Latina after I know she voted for Trump. I can't do that. My friend was like, it's just a matter of difference of opinion. Difference of opinion? No. It's about right or wrong. It's about having morals or not having morals. Difference of opinion is I prefer scrambled eggs with cheese and you prefer eggs over easy. That's a difference of opinion. You know what? Any choice is fine. It doesn't hurt anyone. But choosing Trump, which is actually hurtful to people, and especially people of color, absolutely not. Not ready to give. I don't know how you guys feel about it, and how are you guys doing with your friendships? Let me know. All right, so this is a brainwashed person. It doesn't get more obvious than that. I mean, this is somebody that's literally seeing uh, what's going on and they're saying, oh, this is just, they, they have to be the worst person ever. And, and, and they, it's, it's obvious. It's right from wrong, right? The problem is that when you're brainwashed this much, you don't even know what to believe because you don't know anything about the facts about, about what's happening. You, have, you know nothing about Trump. You know nothing about how, how he did what he did and what he actually did and what he actually accomplished because you've been lied to and you believed those lies, which are your own fault. So the thing is, is that she's talking about this whole idea of, oh, if, if he wasn't good for you, if you were the, a person of color or whatever. Listen, look at the facts, lady. That's all I have to say is just to look at the facts. It is a fact that Hispanics, blacks, Asians, every person of color that you want to look at was doing their literal best under Trump. Record low unemployment. Uh, I mean, the household income was skyrocketing like crazy. It was going up everywhere. I, I mean, tell me, please, how in the world this was bad for people of color, besides what the media may have just told you. But that's the thing. She's brainwashed 100%, doesn't know any different. And, and I don't care 
what she has to say about right from wrong when you don't even know the stats and the facts about what Trump actually did. If you don't know that, then clearly you have no idea of being able to discern from right and wrong. So I really don't care what she has to say about it. I mean, the mainstream media lies to these people constantly day in, day out. They they lap it up like sheep. They don't know any different. And yet for some reason, they want to pretend as if they know what they're talking about or that they're informed politically. It's, it's just this idea that they, they, they're uneducated and super biased is the problem. And they're mad at people that may have been very educated and, and biased in a way, but it can actually back up what they believe. She has no idea about what's going on. And if you start dropping some legitimate red pills on her, I'm sure she'll maybe kind of be like, oh, uh, 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 you're racist and just call you a name or something because that's all they have in their arsenal. They don't know any of the actual information about what's going on. And this is clear and obvious. That's why they get so mad so easily. They have no good argument for anything. They're just, they don't understand. They can't comprehend it because they have been living in a bubble, being lied to from all sides, everywhere they look, and they can't imagine that somebody else may actually have a different opinion. And, and the other thing too is that she uses that little analogy kind of talking about the egg and scrambled eggs and cheese or whatever. Listen, that's not the same thing. That's like a preference. All I'm saying in that situation is for certain people, maybe, well, I prefer this or I prefer that. But this is much deeper than that. It's not a, a difference of, of an opinion on, on a topic, right? So it, it's just kind of weird that she's even talking about that. It doesn't really make any sense at all. Um, but it also kind of is mind-blowing that these people are still going on about Trump. I mean, he's not in the White House, okay? Regardless of what took place, he's not in the White House right now, but yet you have this lady out there literally pretending as if he's the still the worst person on planet Earth. I, I mean, it really is a situation that I've talked about before where Trump was the person that they loved to hate because without being able to point to anyone else, I mean, they don't have anyone else to point to, so they have to look at him. They have to still hate Trump regardless of what took place. And they have nothing else to grab onto, to grab a hold of. It's really kind of just creepy and ridiculous. Like, you know, he's Trump's the one that's invading your headspace, lady. You know, not the other way around. Get him out of your head. Maybe you'll be able to wake up to actually what's going on around you. But with that being said, that's all I have for you on this episode. I thank you for watching or listening to this one. Make sure you also leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you're listening on there as well. But with that being said, I will see you on the next one.